Hey everyone, this is Adam Ellenboss from Nightlight Astrology, and today we are going to take a look at the new moon in the sign of Leo, which is squaring Uranus uh, at the same time. So the reason that we want to take a look at this new moon is, well, new moons in general can be very interesting, but generally new moons are as powerful as what's happening around them. And so when you have a transit like the new moon and it's squaring Uranus, the reason that we look at that is because that transit is actually toning the entire cycle ahead. You can think about it like, you know, the, the quality of how you plant a seed and how it how it starts at the origin of its life determines, uh, you know, the, the fruit that it will bear later on. So we are going to look at the moon cycle ahead in terms of this sun Uranus square today and five different themes that I think we will be watching for, uh, that we can watch for and will be experiencing over the entire lunation cycle to come. Uh, and some of them are very specific and some of them are more archetypally broad. So that's what we're going to do today. As always, don't forget to like and subscribe, share your comments. If you're on Apple or Spotify, I always appreciate your positive reviews there as well. If you're listening, uh, you can find a transcript of any of my daily talks on the website, nightlightastrology.com. And while you are over there, I want you guys to check out, we are running a sale between uh, today, August 14th and the 21st for one week. We are having a summer flash sale on all of my online courses. So I'm going to, uh, let me just pull up the sale so that you can actually see it. So a couple of things to watch for here. Here is the uh, summer flash sale. So you'll go onto the website and you'll see uh, a tab. I'm actually recording this prior to the page being live. And so when you go to the website, nightlightastrology.com, you, um, you can go to the summer flash sale tab that will be there. And then once you are there, you can scroll down and you'll find that our masterclass series, which begins in the, um, the, uh, the winter, excuse me, January of 2024 is on sale. Roots and Spheres, our yearly moon cycle that meets uh, before new and full moons. Uh, and we work with uh, plant teachers in community as we look at the astrology of each moon cycle that class is on sale and then all of my uh other programs my one-year programs my first year program ancient astrology for the modern mystic second year advanced program my one-year horary course and the readings and passages program which is meant for uh, students who are advanced and seeking more hands-on practice with charts and witnessing live readings and things like that so those courses are all uh, on sale. We have a really good rate for one week. So be sure to take advantage of that sale. If you want to see the new masterclasses that we're offering, we offer the masterclass series is a series of four different masterclass uh, programs that happen once seasonally. So winter masterclass series is going to be on the fixed stars. Uh, the spring masterclass series in 2024 is going to be on um, the alchemical uh, processes that come with the transits of Uranus, Neptune, and Pluto. Um, I believe in the... Now I'm going <laughs> to forget all the topics. Uh, we're also looking at the archetype of the diviner, the priest, the priestess, the magician, the shaman, and healer, and trying to help astrologers figure out which kind of archetype um, is most appropriate. So at any rate, you can check out each of the masterclass series that we have. There's four of them. If you go to the courses page and actually click on the masterclass series, that will be up. So you can see all of the new programs that we have in 2024. 
roots and spheres, all new plants, all new uh, moon cycles that we're studying for 2024. That also starts in January. And then my first year program starts in November. Second year program in Horary always start in June. You can get those in advance through the sale if you want to. Readings and passages, the hands-on sort of practicum program, that also starts in January. So all the courses on sale and I will be promoting them this week and uh, this week only. So uh, one week to take advantage. I hope you will. If you have any questions about anything you find on the website about our courses or the sale, email us info at nightlightastrology.com. Okay, so uh, let's take a look at the real-time clock, and uh, we can see this new moon coming through. So here is the real-time clock, and actually let me just push this forward one day here and some hours. The new moon is technically coming through um, for us on uh, early in the morning, Wednesday, August 16th. That's uh, central time zone. I'm in Minnesota uh, in the United States. Uh, but you can see that this new moon, here we go. Let's see if I can hide, where's my arrow? Here we go. This new moon, which is also cl pretty closely conjoined with uh, Venus retrograde, who's just been through the Kazemi and is now starting her rebirth process as the morning star. Uh, that'll figure into what we're gonna say as well about this new moon, but this new moon is, at 23 degrees and change, squaring Uranus at 23 degrees Taurus. So this is why we're paying extra close attention and uh, talking about this new moon cycle. This new moon cycle is toned by a uh, new moon square to Uranus, and that is going to figure prominently into our experiences for the entire lunation cycle ahead. So what does that lunation cycle look like? Let's take it forward. Generally speaking, one week at a time, you get the uh, roughly about seven days at a time, you get the squares of the moon. So we'll have a first quarter square in Sagittarius around August 24th. And then we're going to go forward and get to our, um, our full moon. Let me back this up just a little bit so we can get our full moon in view here. So the full moon will come through. Um, this is in the evening of Wednesday, August 30th. That's a full moon in Pisces. And then if we keep going forward, we're going to get a last quarter moon around September 6th. By this time, Venus has turned direct, by the way. Uh, Uranus will be retrograde. Jupiter will be retrograde by this time. And then we don't get into to our next new moon cycle until um, September 14th. So that is that is the moon cycle. Uh, we're we are looking at a moon cycle that lasts, you know, a it's a it's a full month. That's where the the word moon comes from, by the way, or the word month comes from the word moon, I should say. So, uh, early in the morning, Wednesday, August sixteenth, all the way into mid September, we have a lunar cycle that is toned by the opening square to Uranus. Now, that kind of it's kind of like a gong that's being struck and it rings out and spreads out throughout the entire lunation cycle. Um, and if you pay attention to these things through, let's say a journal, or you're used to astrological tracking, you have a good memory for transits, or you watch a, a show like mine regularly, you're going to be able to notice these things. The purpose of doing an exercise like what we're about to do today is to help you know what to watch for so that from start to finish, you can you not just hear, oh, this is a Uranian moon cycle, so, I guess I'll just, you know, I'll hope that I see that, but that we can give you some tangible things to watch for. Um, archetypes are like jewels and there's always literally, uh, you know, like you could, you could list out, you could list out a hundred possibilities, 
of how the archetypal combination of, you know, a new moon or the, the sun square Uranus is going to appear. What I've tried to do is pick a few specific things that, although they are specific, are very common with the sun Uranus, and then also some broad things which pair with the entirety of the lunar cycle and the rest of the context that uh, we're seeing in the sky right now. So anyway, number, so five themes to watch for in this moon cycle ahead, a new moon in Leo square Uranus and Taurus. Number one is Venusian recovery, rebirth, or completion. Now they're all, they're not exactly the same thing. For example, uh, Venus is recovering from combustion and slowly emerging as the uh, morning star after having gone through the Kazemi recently, uh, after having gone through a square to Uranus, is now heading toward a square with Jupiter as she rises as the morning star. Jupiter is in Venus's sign and has the superior square. So this is a very, um, it's a grand rebirthing moment for some people. They're going to experience something that has been dead uh, being reborn or something that has been going through a transformation, experiencing uh, rebirth and renewal. Another way of putting that would be something that's been sick or broken or damaged, uh, seeing a process of healing and recovery take place. Literally, Venus recovering from combustion was compared by some ancient astrologers to a person getting up off their sick bed and feeling better again. Uh, that's a possibility for planets recovering from combustion in general. You also have the idea of a process that's been underway, realizing or meeting its potential or completing. Uh, so, for example, if you have if you've been repainting a bedroom and redesigning a bedroom in your house, you may see that this as this moon cycle completes itself, and Venus will be turning direct by the end of the moon cycle and appearing as the morning star and hitting a square to Jupiter and so forth. That there is a sense of Venusian completion. I'm completing a, an artistic project um, or something like that. Uh, a transition of some kind around Venus is at hand. Now, this transition could further be qualified as having that, th that there is some quality of awakening, of liberation, of greater freedom, and of um, maybe experimentation or originality going outside of the box. Venus is not only recovering, being reborn or completing something, but as she's doing so, there's a feeling of greater ease and freedom, a light dawning after a dark period or a feeling of release from something that's, you know, an energy that's been blocked or pent up. So you get this feeling of Venusian recovery, rebirth and completion along with the sun Uranus toning the cycle ahead. And there's a feeling of liberation at hand here especially for Venusian things. Remember the square to Uranus, Uranus is in Taurus, which is Venus's sign after all. Venus is also in Leo, just a couple degrees away from the new moon. Number two would be an awakening that requires reordering or reorganizing. Now, why do I say this? Well, the sun square Uranus can broadly be defined as awakening or recovery, but I want you to notice what happens as the cycle goes on. So as the cycle gets, you know, pretty early in, like before the first quarter moon, you're going to notice that although Mercury is trying to get into a conjunction with Mars in Virgo, that what happens is Mercury stations. Now, Mercury is in its own domicile and it is in its own exaltation. It's really interesting sort of esoteric explanation for why Mercury had both rulerships in that sign, something I teach in one of my, my first year program, but it, it's a lengthy explanation, so I won't go into it. 
But what's interesting is that Mercury will be pretty well protected from the beams of the sun by virtue of having a lot of dignity in its own sign. The planet was said to be in its own chariot, which means it's sort of protected from that combustion that happens when it gets closer to the sun. Now, the sun is carrying that Uranian mark of revelation, revolution, uh, and the idea of awakening or epiphany. And then what happens soon after, before we can even get to the first quarter moon, Mercury has turned retrograde in the very earthy and practical sign of Virgo, where the concern with things being usable, useful, effective, that there's a meticulous and organized and thoughtful, it's like mindfulness and uh, like it's like a feng shui mindful Zen meditation. We're reordering or reorganizing our lives according to some kind of revelation or breakthrough that we've had. This is um, marrying the opening uh, portion of the cycle, the new moon square Uranus, to the fact that shortly after Mercury will turn retrograde, but very well dignified in an earthy sign where it can be very effective at putting into the works some kind of uh, creative transformation or a, a, like a creative revisioning of some kind. I think this probably goes along with what Venus is trying to do. If Venus is being reborn as the morning star at this time and heralding some kind of Venusian transformation or recovery or rebirth or completion, and the cycle is toned by the sun squaring Uranus and then Mercury going retrograde, you get the feeling that it's it's almost like there's something very creative is happening and Mercury is sort of saying, okay, we need to make some practical changes or revise or edit or change things around somehow to make sure that what we're trying to do here is useful and effective, practical and um, successful. Uh, it's meticulous and uh, it could be a little, um, you know, especially with Mars co-present for a little bit, almost like there's, it's it's a little exacting or it's, it's a little... Um, strict or rigid. You have to watch maybe for getting, um, you know, a kind of Im a perfectionist impatience or something like that. But generally speaking, an awakening that requires reordering or reorganizing something. This to me is one of the broadest and probably most reliable archetypal signatures we could use to define much of the cycle ahead. All right. Well, the next one is burning off old paternal and I put quote dad karma. Now, the reason for this is very basic. The new moon in the sign of the sun uh, square to Uranus can be about freeing ourselves from bondage that comes from our dads. I know that's really specific. And for some people, that's not going to hit at all. It's going to be something else. You're going to be doing, you know, the awakening that requires reordering, you know, or the Venusian recovery or rebirth might make more sense for you. But for I, I guarantee you, for some of us out there, this transit is going to ring out like a bell that you are ready to move off from some kind of pattern in your life, in your psyche, in relationships, at work, in your self-esteem that comes from dad for better or worse. Or maybe you're finally ready to accept some of the, you know, the positive affirmations your father gave you that you've always had a hard time accepting. Or maybe you're seeing your father in a different light. Maybe your father's mortality is coming into question somehow. He's sick or, you know, uh, coming off from, uh, you know, it's funny how how much our lives can change when we see our parents aging and their mortality becomes just a little bit more real to us. I, I don't anticipate like a, I, you might hear a story, you know, or two out there of someone's father passing under such a transit. But you know, most of the time, it's the way that something something that's happening in our relationships with our fathers or with our you know our our fathers have to have their knee replaced or something, and there's some sense that your dad isn't going to last forever. 
This is very common for big outer planet transits with the sun. Um, so burning off old paternal dad karma. I, I could see this as a moment of liberating or, I mean, I'll never forget when Uranus was squaring the sun by transit in my chart, my grandfather died. And my father called me just, you know, weeping. And man, I'd never heard him releasing like that. And it was a release for me too. Uh, that was transiting Uranus hitting the sun in my chart, right? But that's a little different. But still, the cycle ahead can shift something about dads, about fathers, about men, about, or more broadly speaking, about leadership and heroism, and maybe even, even more broadly speaking, our sense of individuality, who I am as an individual, what makes me unique or special, how am I set apart or different from other people, and maybe there's some motivating or inspiring um, experiences that are helping to push us off from a, a space of self-doubt or self-limitation. Uh, it's as though there's some parenting inside that says, you know, that, that almost like that heroic, slightly more young or masculine side of ourselves needs a pep talk and this moon cycle could give it to us. But anyway, I will promise you that some of us are going to experience some pretty uh, real dad karma this month. Um, Number four is revelation, epiphany, and planning for the future. Now, this one to me is probably, again, it's, it's general, but it's very reliable. When the sun hits Uranus, there's a sense of going, oh my God, I understand something. I've been stuck on something and now I'm seeing the big picture. Um, oh my God, something that has been hidden to me in my own unconscious or in a relationship or at work is being revealed. Our company's being bought out. Um, you know, my spouse is telling me how they really feel about something, or I am suddenly realizing what I really want to do. And it's been hidden even from myself, you know, and I, and I am finally seeing it. So that, that quality of just sort of like epiphany, the light bulb, like flashing on very brightly and illuminating some dark corridor of our minds or psyches, that sense of something that's been hidden, being seen, being understood. And then immediately, usually what's connected to it, well, that could be liberating and freeing and helpful on its own. Boom. Now I know what I want to do. There's a sense that comes with Sun Uranus of planning or plotting for the future, that the plot line is twisting suddenly, dramatically, with a lot of excitement, and now I'm setting a plan in place, which is why, if you go back in our order of um, themes, that that awakening that requires reordering or reorganizing is an important kind of combination. For some people, maybe the reordering or the reorganizing is unrelated, but you still go through an experience of going like, aha, illumination, enlightenment as a general theme in religion, in, you know, like the, the sciences that just the idea of understanding and seeing the big picture or being sort of intoxicated by the desire for knowledge or truth. These are sun Uranus qualities. Finally is a powerful concern with legacy. Now, this, a lot of this comes from not only the sun, but the powerful emphasis on the sign of Leo. Well, Venus is completing her retrograde in Leo, a sign that has so much to do with legacy. Why? Because did you know that as the sun is going through the sign of Leo in the northern hemisphere where astrology's symbolism is derived, we have the dying of the light while we also have our most stable sign of the summer season. But the summer is broadly defined as the descent of light, not the ascent of light uh, relative to its apex at the uh, summer solstice. So the light is dying. So much about Leo has to do with how you hold 
the light, whether the light is the a, a principle morally or religiously or politically, like a political order, like democracy or monarchy or whatever it is. How do you hold the value of a, a, a teaching or a system, justice, temperance, these, these virtues? How do you hold them even though there are forces of chaos that pull at us and are always tempting us to completely lose ourselves how do you practice temperance rather than just becoming an alcoholic you know or how do you uh how do you practice um how do you acknowledge your desires without uh spending all of your money and wasting you know being wasteful or something like that leo is concerned with how the the, the sign archetypally is about the holding of the light despite the inevitable forces of darkness that return that return cyclically and seasonally and archetypally so how do you hold that? that? That has a lot to do with legacy. What do we live for that lives beyond the dying, that lives beyond the loss? So there's so much of the sign is proud and noble, right? And it's a kingly or queenly because it holds these things to be true and worthy of being loyal to uh, despite the inevitable death, right? So the that you can take some of those archetypal qualities of the season and just generally say, well, the moon cycle that starts in Leo square to Uranus, we, we can, we can have revelations and insights or a shift or change of priorities that has to do with what we're living for. What lives beyond us? What do we want to give ourselves to that? What are our enduring values or creatively? What do we want our legacy to be as a soul, not just creatively as in uh, your job or something, but what am I creating with a life? And what is the legacy that I live for? What are the enduring values that last beyond the dying of the light? Deep questions that can come up and there's a kind of zeal in the air, the opportunity to change or look at our loyalties and our trajectory with an eye for uh, things like legacy. Okay, well, those are the things that I'm watching for in the moon cycle ahead. I would love to hear your stories. If you have them, be sure to use the hashtag grabbed and tell us your story. Um, you can also email your story to us, grabbed at nightlightastrology.com. Tell us the name of the transit. This could be new moon square Uranus or sun square Uranus. Tell us the story that goes along with it. Keep it succinct and clear. We really appreciate that. Uh, thank you guys as always for um, all the different ways in which you support me and the channel. Don't forget, we have a flash sale going on this week from the 14th to the 21st. You could save a little bit of money on my upcoming courses. Next year, one course starts in November, but information about all of the courses that you could get in the sale are there on the website. If you're checking them out and you have any questions, email us info at nightlightastrology.com. All right, that's what I've got for today. Take it easy, everyone.